Hello, everybody, and welcome to Level the Field Leadership. My name is Dr. Rachel Gallardo, and as always, I'm very excited to be coming to you today to talk about something that I've been seeing a lot in my LinkedIn feed, and there have been um, research that has, has come out and just different conferences that I've been attending. I've been hearing this little buzzword. So I, of course, started digging, and I was like, you know, this is a really great topic for us to talk about on the podcast, and the topic for today is imposter syndrome and what kind of effect does having imposter syndrome have on your leadership? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. As many of you know, the purpose of this podcast is to address different challenges that leaders may have in the work environment. And hopefully the different topics that we cover will give you the, the tools that are necessary to help you kind of correct some of those issues or at least know how to deal with some of those issues in the work environment. I started this podcast because I do believe that workplace burnout is very real and anything that I can do to help all of the great leaders, the great employees, the great men, women, et cetera, et cetera, um, to help reduce burnout and fatigue in your leadership roles, then that's what I would like to do. Wherever I can help you have a positive impact on your niche of the world, then that, that's what I hope to be able to accomplish. If this is not your first episode, then welcome back. And obviously that must mean you must enjoy the content. So be sure to to subscribe and comment in, um, on the episode. If you've got any suggestions for future topics, I'm certainly open to hearing that. Um, and your comments help get the word out to others. So share it with others. Uh, I really believe that leadership is a journey and we don't have to do this alone. So really think about what it is that you can do to help other people by sharing this information. So jumping right on in, a couple of questions for us to think about. Why do we despite all of our accomplishments, feel like we are not good enough for a leadership position? What narrative do we play in our, head, our heads when it comes to leadership? And then also, what are we doing daily to help ourselves be better leaders? So what is that ongoing dialogue that is happening in our heads? What are we thinking about when we're driving into work? What are we thinking about whenever we're getting ready to send that email? What are we thinking about when we go to have that conversation with the employee? What are we thinking about whenever we're driving home or thinking about on the weekends? So those are kind of our, our, our starting point as far as questions to really stop and ask ourselves. Maybe this is a good time to kind of pause and reflect on those items. Maybe those are some things to journal about from a leadership perspective. Um, and as you guys know, I really like to base a lot of our leadership topics on various pieces of scripture. So today's scripture comes from 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Okay, so what is imposter syndrome? Like I said, there's, there's some information that's out there, but I'm starting to see that this idea is really starting to grow. So I'll give you the, the basis of, of what I have learned, and then I'll tell you a little bit from my perspective um, how I've even encountered this in my own life. So we're not going to keep up any walls. We're going to be completely transparent and authentic um, and just kind of express what we've been through, right? So there's an article by the American Psychological Association that says that this particular topic or, you know, this particular idea of imposter syndrome was coined by Dr. Suzanne Imes and Dr. Pauline Rose Clance in the 1970s. So we're talking about a topic that's been around kind of floating around for about the last 50 years. 
And basically imposter syndrome is a phenomenon that occurs among high achievers who are unable to internalize and accept their own success. Many of them feel like their success is based on luck rather than ability. And they feel like it's just a matter of time before others start to see them as being a fraud. That one day everybody's going to figure out that all of this is fake and I have no idea what I'm doing. And so they have that constant anxiety playing in their minds because they're always worried that they're going to be found out. People with imposter syndrome usually have a really hard time believing that they're even, even worthy of the success that they have obtained, even if they did put in the time, the effort, and the energy to be successful in their field. So it doesn't matter how many awards, how much accolade, how much you know people say that they love following them, um, how impactful they are on the organization, the changes that they have made within the industry, they still have a really hard time believing that they're, they're worth the success that they've obtained. And very often these people are seen as being perfectionists. So I've, I've, I've talked about this in um, previous podcasts that I really struggle with perfectionism. Um, so people that have high perfectionism, they tend to have a lot of really high anxiety. But it's because they're constantly working to try to do this and, and study that and improve in this and improve on that. So th their perfectionism has helped lead to some of their success. But being perfectionist is also a way that kind of gets in their way. So it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Um, now, I want to be very clear that this is not necessarily an item that is in the DSM. So this isn't something that's been officially diagnosed and is a part of the diet diagnostic statistician man manual. Ugh, I always have trouble with those words. So we'll just stick with DSM. But it is acknowledged to be in a very real and a very, um, very true form of intellectual self doubt. So it's not in the DSM just yet. But depending upon what research and um, continued information that starts to come out, it, it may start to show itself in the DSM in future publications. And again, usually this person has really high anxiety and at times they have a lot of depression. And in reading some of these definitions and reading the research and stuff like that, I know I have felt this many times in my life. Um, I you know, was first HR manager job for over 200 people at the age of 24. At the age of 26, I basically helped put an HR department in place for a skilled rehab facility. At the age of 29, I went to work at an organization with 700 people across three different states as the HR director. And the only support that I had was an amazing payroll specialist. She and I are still friends today. Um, at 31, I changed jobs and went into teaching. And I had students that were older than me. Um, at 35, I became department chair. And there were people on my team that had been in education for most, if not all of my life. So, you know, there so many times in my younger years, but then also whenever I moved into different position um, in my career change, you know, there, there was always that constant, are you sure you're ready for this? Are you sure that you can handle this? Um, what do you think you know about this particular job? What do you think you know about leading people whenever they're in a different time zone? Like there, there was that constant, that constant dialogue that was playing. And it didn't matter the conferences I went to, the meetings I had with vice presidents of this and chiefs of that and 
um, friends, you know, were, were asking me questions. Family members were encouraging, um, just numerous people that I really respected and thought highly of were asking, you know, little, little Rachel, um, questions and looking at me for information. And it's like, it can be a really terrifying situation and don't even get me started on, um, you know, when you get a, a degree, there's still that negativity that plays in your mind. Like, really, are you sure that you, you deserve that? Are you sure that you know what you're talking about? But you know, none of that really mattered. You know, there were mistakes that were made along the way, but mistakes are an opportunity to learn. Mistakes are an opportunity to grow. And I, along with everybody out there, I know that you are doing the absolute best with the information that you have at the time. We can't predict what's going to happen in the future. So you make the best decision with the information that you currently have. Um, and, you know, the, the constant working to overcome the feelings of, of inadequacy it is going to increase the possibility of burnout. So in thinking about my own life, you know, maybe this is a reason why I started to get burned out in the field of HR and decided to go into teaching. Because if you look at the research, most of the, the people that say that they are experienced this idea of imposter syndrome, it's noted most highly in women. It's also noted most highly in fields of medicine, um, different types of lawyers. Uh, there's some of this that's going on in higher education, but it's really hard to track because of the whole, just the work environment that typically goes on in higher education. And it goes back to um, people that are more prone for anxiety are more likely to develop this idea of imposter syndrome. So it really is a, a sick cycle if you think about it. So the you have a hard time knowing that your work matters. So that increases your thoughts of imposter syndrome, which gives you more anxiety, which increases the steroids in your body, lowers your immune system, makes you sicker. So then you can't do your work the way that you want to. And it, and then you start to realize, oh, well, maybe people don't think that I, I am actively capable of doing my job. And that increases anxiety, makes you more sick. So it, it's something that we really need to be mindful of. Um, and if you're operating in this idea of imposter syndrome for too long, it can really and truly start to wear you down and thus increase the chances of you developing fatigue and, and full-on developing burnout if you're not careful. So again, the whole reason why I created this podcast was to help leaders overcome challenging issues that might lead to burnout. And in doing the research and, and looking at the information that I found, I really believe that this imposter syndrome might be more prevalent than what people really realize. So how do we overcome it? How do we, how, if we recognize like everything, if you've related to even just a, a, a tenth of what I've said, how can we overcome imposter syndrome? And so in looking at the research and just kind of thinking about and then marinating on this topic, there are four things that I came up with. Um, and, and hopefully this is valuable information for others as well. So out of the four things, the number one thing to do Number one, you have to change your thinking and I get it. That can be very, very hard to do. And it does, it's not a light switch, right? You don't just turn your brain off and on with certain issues, but maybe we think about, you know, instead of spending four hours on a particular project, maybe we just cut ourselves off at three hours and we celebrate the fact that we spent three hours working on a particular project. We celebrate that we've had progress, but not necessarily perfection. Um, and in doing this, we, we gradually change how we approach different projects, different emails, um, different workplace situations that are going on. 
I mean, think about this from like a weight loss perspective. If you want to lose 40 pounds, let's just say you don't go out and run a marathon and then think, oh man, why didn't I lose all 40 of those pounds? Instead, you start to, maybe you're going to commit to taking a walk around the block three days a week. And so little by little, those lifestyle changes will eventually help you get to losing the weight that you want to lose, right? The same thing is true if we look at this from a workplace perspective. So instead of spending four hours on a project, we're going to cut ourselves back to three hours. And in doing that, we're only going to do, you know, one hour, three days a week. And eventually we're going to arrive at our goal. Eventually we're going to, we're going to take some of those neural channels that have been so ingrained in our brains, and we're going to start to create new neural channels that will help change our thinking. Okay. So that's one thing. The second thing to do, take note of what you do well. So make a list, a very objective list of all of your accomplishments. Some of you probably have this in your resume, in your CV on a regular basis. Every time there's an accomplishment, you add it. Every time there's a, there's a new item that's added to your, your job description or a new task that you take on at work, you update your, your job, your um, resume. So maybe you just go through your resume, not your job description. Well, your job description can be valuable too, but go through your resume and just note all of the accomplishments that you've had and keep it in a place that you can easily pull it. So when you start to have those negative thoughts that cross into your mind, you can go into your notes section on your phone and just read off the list of all of the things that you've already done. So this will show you what you've accomplished. It'll help solidify your role in whatever field it is that you're currently in. And you could use that previous information to help change your thinking of what it is that you're currently doing and what you're capable of doing going into the future. So anytime you start to doubt your abilities, you've got that list, you can pull it out, you can reflect on the great things that you've already done. And again, that will start to change some of those neural channels that are so negatively ingrained will start to help shift your thinking towards a more, a more positive perspective. So that's two right? We're going to help change our thinking. And we're going to take an objective list of the things that we do really well. And on that list, maybe try not to keep it just to work-related items. You know, are you a really good listener? Do you have friends and family members that think that you're a really great listener? Are you really good at cleaning? Like if there's a certain stain, man, you've already got the formula, you know exactly how to get that stain out. So maybe we try to expand this a little bit because life shouldn't just be about our work accomplishments. It should also be about our personal accomplishments as well. Okay. So there's two. The third thing that I want for you to do is I want for you to start owning your success. How many times does, does somebody give you a compliment? And then simply, instead of just accepting the compliment, instead of just saying, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you, you saying that. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to let me know that information. We come up with some sort of excuse of why it is what it is. We diminish our own successes. So somebody gives us accomplishment, uh, an accom a, a compliment, and women, I know that we can be very guilty of this. Instead of just simply saying, thank you, I appreciate it. We've got some reason, some excuse, or something that we do to downplay how great that particular success was. So stop it. Somebody says, hey, I really appreciate that you did this. I really appreciate that that is going on. And yes, that is my dog Diesel in the background. Just say thank you and move along. Then also create a log. 
every time somebody compliments you, every time somebody says that you're doing something really well, write it down. That way, whenever you're starting to have those negative thoughts, that imposter syndrome is starting to creep in, you can reference your success log and that will help change your thinking as well. And then finally, I want for you to shift how you view success. So too many times people look at the, the, the number of awards that they've received, the number of kudos that they're given. Social media is very guilty of making us feel better if we have a lot of likes or a lot of hearts or a lot of comments on our, on our social media. But if you have family, if you have really great friends, if you have a really good book that you're reading, if you've got a fur baby like I do that loves you, I mean, stop and think about, well, maybe this is really what success should come from. Success should be from that internalized feeling good about yourself, who you are as a person, how you treat other people, the love that you give to other people. Do you make other people laugh? Um, do you give them an encouraging word whenever they need it? Do you listen when somebody comes to you and they start crying about their troubles at home? Do you hold the door open for other people? Like sometimes success cannot be viewed just in the external. Success is viewed in how you see yourself and in how you're able to look in the mirror at the person that is looking back at you and know that you're doing the best that you can with what you have, with the resources that you have, with the time that you've been given. If you don't know something in your field, okay, take some time to learn it. Maybe we do 30 minutes a day and we're going to try to learn it. But we're not going to focus on what we don't know. We're not going to focus on the things that we can't take care of. We're going to focus on the things that we know, the things that we can take care of, and the things that we know that we are really, really good at. So that kind of goes back to point number two of taking note of what you do well. We're not going to focus on the, the gaps of our knowledge. We're going to focus on the things that we do have in our knowledge. I'm not saying that there's not room for growth. I'm not saying there's not room for development but maybe just shift a little bit how you view success and that will help you overcome these ideas of imposter syndrome. You tackle a new project. Okay, great. Don't focus on all of the different ways that, that the program or the project is not going the way that you want for it to you perfectionist, you that has this unrealistic expectation for how things should be focus on the fact that you are putting the steps in place to put that project in place in your work environment and that little by little you're working through it and that you know in the next three, six, maybe nine months that you're going to have some of those kinks worked out and it's going to be beneficial for your employees. So the bottom line, when you start to have these negative thoughts, when doubt fills your mind, it's, it's time to take a pause. It's time to do some, some self-reflection. It's time to start writing things down. It's time to just simply breathe. Remember the obstacles that you have overcome professionally and personally. I won't get into some of the, the personal obstacles that I have overcame, but let me tell you, when I think about those, there is nothing that my organization could throw at me that I'm not prepared, prepared for. Remember the storms that you've walked through. Pull out that resume or CV that notes your accomplishment. You are a lot more capable and you have more knowledge, more gifts, more abilities than what you are giving yourself credit for. I believe you and I hope that you find the ability to believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it either. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button to receive new content. 
also follow me on Instagram, Level the Field Leadership. I do try to post positive um, and consistent content related to leadership that you can add to your tool belt, or maybe you just need a little bit of a pick-me-up. And I really and truly believe that you were made to be a leader right where you are, wherever you are currently leading. And the things that we talked about today can help develop the roots of your leadership so you can weather any storm. Take care of yourself. Take care of your team. You can 100% without a doubt do this. And until next time.